Origin Story is sponsored by Audible.com. To get your free trial, go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash Origin Story Podcast. This week we have Bruno Belanta of The Chemist on the show. This song is called Run You. It doesn't matter what they say I won't accept it in any single way And I threw the floors and I threw the cabling They put me in it through every single day But I won't be confined by the regimented borders We got the strength of over 50,000 soldiers We're not duty bound to anybody's orders I want everybody now
Hey guys, we're with Bruno from The Canvas. How's it going, man? I'm all good, Mitch. Nice to talk to you, man. How are you? Nice to talk to you too, man. I'm doing great. Uh, so the first thing I want to talk about on this podcast, um, you know, we just had the election last week and I really want to see, you know, a point of view of the U.S. election from someone kind of from like, you know, the outside looking in. So how does yeah. someone from your position look at like the election in the U.S.? Well, from my, my position might be a little bit different to the average uh the average perspective in the UK, I mean, I, I come from a political background. My father was involved in politics in Africa. Um, my mom, my mother's worked within highest levels of UK government and within the European Union. So I've always kind of been politically charged growing up and had kind of a, a, a resistive interest in it, in it through my childhood. But my my interest has grow, only grown as I've grown up. Um, I mean, the first thing... I would say, speaking honestly from my perspective, um, would be to quote a, uh, a Native American proverb, uh, which is the left wing and the right wing belong to the same bird. Um, that would be that would be my first point. Um, I mean, it's been interesting watching it unfold. Um, one of my friends actually put a five hundred pound bet <laughs> on uh, Hillary. Oh Hillary wow. <laughs> Um, yeah, so as you can imagine, he's, he's none too pleased at the moment. Uh, so it was a bit of it was it, I, I was mildly surprised that um, Trump actually um, uh, beat Hillary because Hillary is obviously an integral part of the establishment. She has she had all the right backing, um, Zoros being behind her and uh, various, various other banks. Um, so I really did think Hillary was going to take it. Um, so it was quite a surprise to see Trump take it. Um, with regards to my feelings on Trump, I mean, it, I mean, it's a difficult one. My view was, how were they going to shoehorn Hillary Clinton yeah. in someone who has been so um, pro-war and had been involved in so many scandals. I kind of thought, how how else were they going to shoehorn Hillary Clinton into the office outside of having uh, allowing an opposition candidate who was so overtly stupid and racist yeah. um, to run, which would kind of force everyone to vote for Hillary. But he has surprised me. The, I mean, the, the results surprised me, and I, I guess it kind of just shows um, people's frustration um, with the establishment and the government, uh, the way it's been operating for a, an endless amount of time, um, I guess a lot of people were frustrated and kind of felt like Trump was an outside vote, if you will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's 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 been interesting to sit back and watch, man. Um, where it's going to go, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, um, I pers I go to school in a very liberal city. I go to school in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which was like one okay. of the few kind of blue areas of uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It was it was interesting seeing it all unfold. It was definitely a major surprise, and many people kind of like um, compared it to the Brexit vote and like kind of like a surprise yeah. vote that you know the youth yeah. didn't really kind of like come through with it. It was more of the older generation, like going yeah. through with it. So what was your view with the Brexit vote? Um, again, again, yeah, I suppose, I suppose not enough people came out and voted. Um, but again, me personally, I, I don't want to speak for the rest of the guys in the band. We're all five individuals. Um, so yeah, understand, understand that I'm speaking for myself only. 
I wasn't particularly bothered either way. You know, we've got bigger fish to fry on the planet. The world is burning and crumbling around us. And I kind of feel like we're constantly being distracted with these little two horse races that they kind of put up for us to argue. And they just kind of end up dividing the country and people end up bickering and arguing with each other over something that in the grand big scheme of things is less important than the destruction that's been perpetuated around the the globe daily. Um, so for me, either way it went, I I wasn't particularly bothered. Yeah, uh, it, I wasn't particularly bothered, bothered if I'm honest. I mean, we are bombing countries into obliteration around the globe. Banks are bleeding us all dry. Um, corporations are ruling the planet. You know, there are bigger things for me to worry about. Um, outside of whether we're part of this yeah. club or not part of this club. Um, the, 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 the one thing I felt was the idea that we have to be part of this club in order for us to talk and communicate and trade and be nice to each other um, is kind of a ridiculous notion to me. In an adult world, I would hope that whether we were part of the European Union or not part of it, we would still be able to communicate as human beings, trade with each other and treat each other peacefully and genuinely um, either way. Um, so, 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 yeah, I didn't really get caught. I didn't really get caught up in the whole yeah. arguing pro or against um against that decision really but yeah again it, it, it was kind of interesting to watch it to watch it unfold but um the papers the media were certainly trying to fearmonger everyone into the remain uh into the remain and stay vote you know kind of talking about the doom and gloom the uncertainty the fact that england were going to just crash and burn if they left um, and the reality of the situation, we're not actually out yet and we won't be for another two years, but the reality of the situation as it's unfolding now is uh, companies aren't upping and leaving the UK because of the decision. Um, governments around Europe are all willing to talk, negotiate, work out deals, trade. So pretty much what I thought was going to happen. Um, while we may see a slump for a little while, I, 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 don't, I personally don't think it's going to have a long-term uh, negative, a negative effect. We may have a down spiral while, thing, while things are rearranged and deals are worked out and stuff. But ultimately, um, I think life will continue. Yeah, I mean, that's um, something I really like about you guys. And, you know, a lot of bands coming out of the UK right now, such as Hacktivist and Arshikari, you know, it's a very yeah. Yeah. politically charged, but like in a more like kind of like unifying kind of way, like kind of stepping back and looking at the bigger picture and kind of, you know, looking at the world around us. And something I really liked about yeah. your guys' message. So what kind of went behind this whole social activism kind of idea for uh, the chemists? Um, again, I don't think it, I, I don't think it was a, a planned or an orchestrated thing. It was just who we are and how we feel as people. You know, we feel connected to everyone worldwide. We don't really see these walls and these divisions of nationalism or this group and that group. Um, we un we understand that it's one planet and we're all human beings and we all need to live together and work together um, and that's inclusive of nature as well which is something that we're um, disrespecting daily as a planet um, at the moment so I don't think it was an or orchestrated thing I think it was just it was just a natural thing to kind of 
talk about how we feel and express our our emotions you know um and and like you say it's ultimately um as with enter shikari who have been doing it um far longer than we have um is ultimately a message of unification um and in more importantly awareness uh, which i think is something that not enough people are kind of proactive or take take an interest in um i don't want to say politics but the world and current affairs and what's happening around them you know there's so many distractions in our everyday lives from social networking which is not an evil tool don't get me wrong because i use social networks but i use them in a in a educational and a positive way um but you can just as easily use them to kind of play games and yeah. you know waste waste your time as as a lot of people do um but yeah i mean ultimately it's just that that's just where we come from as people um and i guess a lot of that comes from us traveling a lot which i think is a great education and when you get to travel um around and experience different peoples and cultures around the world it it, it serves to bring you together and give you a greater understanding um of how other people live um which i think is hugely hugely important and i think for speaking for me personally um that's why i have the attitude i have today because i spent most of my um childhood years growing up in various different countries i mean i've lived but between being born and to the age of kind of 15 i must have lived in like 15 different countries um growing up which helped shape shaped my world view really and gave me such an open and understanding um understanding perspective of the world and empathetic more importantly uh, perspective of the world you know as willing to willing to hear the other side of the argument the other other person's story um before making snap judgments about anything or anyone yeah it's really cool to see like um you know the your band really kind of like reach out all around the world like i personally discovered you guys um there's a video game called madden 17 and i remember hearing you guys a awesome. song on there and then yes. i worked at a store called journeys for a long time and i remember seeing a run used music video there and i was like oh this band's awesome and then your song <laughs> was in terminator 4 and crackdown like all these awesome games it's cool to see like you know your band just kind of like be everywhere and like have such a cool like use of marketing and um really kind of like spreading the word of your band I appreciate that very much, man. Yeah, we've been we've been quite fortunate. We've actually we've actually pretty much been on half the games released in the last couple <laughs> two two to three years. We seem to find our way onto every game um, out there at the moment, which is which is absolutely fantastic. It's a great platform. It's a great tool. Um, a lot a, a lot of people are obviously into playing games and stuff and we get a lot of people coming back to us that have literally discovered us through gaming um so so that's yeah that it, it's it's turned out to be a wonderful um platform um for new fans which is fantastic we we always appreciate any any medium we can use to connect with people so you guys recently signed to a uh label in the u.s so are there any plans to come to the u.s Ah, oh, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, we signed with um, Fixed at the begin, Fixed Music at the beginning of the year, um, and those we kind of, we kind, it was kind of a triple threat. We signed with uh, Fixed in um, who look after us in America, um, and we also signed with um, 
beating music in Japan, who we've been working with since day since day one, but we kind of got a label distribution deal done with them as well at the same time. Um, and then amazing records who look after us in Europe. Um, so yeah, Fixed Music, they are they've been absolutely fantastic. Um, when we signed with them, we kind of did this Skype call. Uh, which included pretty much the entire roster and we had to get like this multi-screen thing going. So we kind of had like 20, 25 artists all on this multi-screen thing, kind of saying hello and <laughs> chatting with each other and introducing with each other, which was great. We got a real good family vibe um, doing that. It was a great, it was a great look by Fixed. It was great that they did that. Um, but yeah, we definitely want 2017. We would love to come out to the States. We haven't been out there yet um, with live shows show um so it's definitely an area we want to come out to we've had a lot of great response through um fixed um we've had a lot of people from the u.s kind of plugging into our music now over the past 12 months which has been absolutely fantastic and it speaks volumes for what fixed have been able to do for our presence over in the uk so we're definitely excited to be working with those guys and we're even more excited to be able to come out to the states and do a proper tour um uh, at some point in 2017 fingers crossed all things willing <laughs> all right guys we're gonna take a quick break we'll be back in a few minutes
Alright guys, we're back. So, uh, Bruno, what, uh, growing up, what kind of, like, bands inspired you to, you know, like, pick up the microphone and start writing music? Um, so I've got quite an eclectic background in music, I'm not gonna lie. Um, and again, I should state that a kind of each one of us are different, which is kind of, I think, what makes... Uh, our group works so well because we've all got different uh, uh, inspirations. Um, so, so me personally, growing up, my parents were kind of Motown, Neil Diamond, J Jimi Hendrix. I mean, a whole a whole range of things: Bob Marley, Michael Jackson, all all sorts of uh, all sorts of range of music in like my younger years. Uh, but once I got to my teens, um, I moved to the UK, and with regards to the MCing. It was kind of a dual inspiration. There was the uh, jungle and drum and bass scene over here in the UK, um, which is was obviously quite MC driven. You had a lot of MCs um, working through the uh, drum and bass scene. Um, people like Dynamite MC and yeah, various different MCs. But at the same time, I was a hip hop junkie as well. So I was listening to a lot. In my younger years, it was a lot of American hip hop. Um, Tupac being my favorite artist and biggest influence um not only musically but um i don't know whether you're familiar with it well okay kind of everyone's familiar with him but i mean as being a, a political um spokesperson as well it wasn't just the music that made me gravitate towards that dude um it was his family tree it was uh, people like matulu shakur geronimo pratt mumuya abu jamal you know it's his entire lineage is what kind of inspired me um ultimately musically um so so yeah kind of i, I would say tupac and then the uh, drum and bass scene in the uk coupled with each other is what kind of made me want to grab the mic i kind of remember going to drum and bass uh, raves when i was young and just kind of uh, as much as appreciating the music i was appreciating these mcs and the way they they held a crowd and motivated a crowd and drove a crowd um and i kind of looked at that and thought you know I talk a lot anyway, so I would love, love to grab a microphone at some point. So I started out actually ripping off. Um, there's an MC called Skibbity uh, from the UK, and I actually started off going to house parties, just house parties with friends, and I was just ripping his lyrics off. You know, my friends would be DJing, and I'd just be reciting his lyrics at parties. And eventually, I really started to enjoy it and started writing my own stuff. Um, and yeah, it kind of all, it kind of all spawned from there. And then I kind of got into going out and MC in at parties and um, eventually blagged my way into a club in Brighton. Um, I kind of had to lie to get myself on stage uh, in this club and kind of said I was related to someone within the scene and kind of stamped my feet a little bit, made a bit of noise and they eventually let me get on the mic for an hour in there. Um, and from day one there, they were like, you're a keeper. And that became my residency for the next kind of seven years or something like that. And um, through that one residency, which was a night called Devotion, uh, a club called Concord 2 in Brighton, um, all it's quite a notorious club in Brighton in the south and the south of the UK. So through that residency, which I was at every single month, I got to meet all the DMB artists, MCs, DJs, and build up um, a, a, a good network of friends and uh, colleagues within the scene there. So I, I, I should throw... I re before we move on there, I really should throw um, Corn and Rage Against the Machine in there. 
Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I would feel terrible had I not included those two names. Um, Corn, obviously, for their hip hop influence beats, um, hip hop collaborations they had back in the day, and uh, Rage Against the Machine, obviously, for their um, for their political message, and uh, obviously, again, hip hop kind of influence. They were kind of those crossover bands that I streamed into from listening to hip hop. So they were two major influences for me as well. Um, so yeah, sorry, back to, back, back to your electronic question. But so yeah, like, you know, being a, um, DJ and an MC, how do you, how did you kind of like make your, um, music through that? Like, how did you first approach making like electronic music? Well, that goes, um, so you're obviously, I'm one of the vocalists, so so I'm kind of focused a little bit more on the vocal side of things within the band. Um, But I can tell you how the other three guys, um, Dan, Liam, and Leon, um, they were originally, I I mentioned those guys because they kind of, they they take the front seat in the production of the music. Now, those guys... um, had a range of influences also including corn and rage against the machine they were really into uh, the metal and rock scene growing up and they used to be in a rock band uh, when they were like young teens um they used to play in a, a play in a band with each other uh, during the daytimes and stuff and then in the evenings as the dmb and jungle scene was growing they used to go out and listen to um listen to the dance music at the raves and stuff and it got to a stage where they got kind of got into producing and those were the two driving influences they were playing in a rock band by day and by night they were going out and listening to drum and bass and jungle music and naturally when they got into the studio they decided to combine the two things that they loved the most at the time which as i said was rock music metal music and um and drum and bass so that was kind of a natural progression for them. They got into the studio and just started mashing the two genres together, um, which ultimately evolved um, over time into the sound we've got today. Yeah, I was watching some, you know, like doing research for you guys, watching some like live videos on YouTube from you guys, like doing some performances. You guys have such an explosive kind of like stage presence. I mean, like you're jumping into the crowd, just like riling everybody up. (laughs) So like, how did you kind of like... Yeah learn how to become such a good like um get such a good stage presence um again that didn't that didn't happen overnight yeah like all all of us kind of had that in us but i'm sure as you can appreciate kind of when you're when you're starting out there's a certain amount of nerves and kind of finding your feet and finding where you where you naturally sit within um within music so during during our first tour, we we actually got thrown straight into the deep end. We released um, the first album in 2009. Um, I should say, prior to that, the three guys used to be um, run around DJing in nightclubs, and that's actually how I met them. That same club that I was a resident at, MCing, they became resident DJs, and that's how I ended up meeting the chemist, and I ended up kind of MCing over their sets. So from 2004 till 2009, we were running around doing DJ and MC sets together, um, and then they ended up completing their album in 2009, released that, and we started the live band. Um, now, in in the first tour, we kind of, the first album did really, really well, and we kind of got thrown into all these amazing shows. We were playing Glastonbury Festival, Reading and Leeds and everything through that first year, which was incredible. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of nerve-wracking because it was our first real tour, so we were kind of finding our feet 
uh, in the deep end of the water. But um, I think it was kind of like our, 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 we played four shows and then Enter Shikari invited us out on a European tour with them. So we've got to give lots and lots of props to Shikari because going out on the road with them, they were already hundreds of shows deep. Um, so supporting them, they were teaching us a lot through the tour. We were watching them perform, watch how they engaged and interacted with the crowd. Um, so Enter Shikari for sure. Um, we always salute because we we learned we learned a lot from those guys, um, and then then they inspired us a lot. As soon as we got off the um, a road, I think it was kind of two weeks, two and a half weeks, we spent traveling around Europe with them. As soon as we got off the road. From the first date to the last date, we improved so much with regards to our presence, our performance, how we interacted with the crowd. Um, and then we continued to watch those guys. Um, and yeah, kind of, it just kind of evolved and evolved and evolved. And we just kept going from strength to strength um, till we got to the point where we were quite confident holding a crowd Um and yeah, quite confident. I mean, the energy levels just continue to grow and grow and to the point you see now where we literally act like we own the crowd. Um, as soon as we walk out on stage, we demand en energy from the first song in. Um, uh, in a fun way, in a fun way. So, so yeah, we got to we got to give props to Shikari. Um, they're one of the bands we watched and learned from in the beginning, um, and we've remained good good friends with, and we'll continue to watch and learn always. All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back in a few minutes. in review.
Alright guys, so we're back. So Bruno, you know, just take your origins from the start. Yeah, well, I, I mean, speaking for me, um, speaking for me personally and kind of tying back into um, kind of our worldview and everything. I mean, me, I grew up, I was born in Portugal um, and my stepfather worked for the British um, government. So we were kind of, I was always kind of getting relocated from country to country growing up, um, which had its pros and cons. You're always mo changing friends and stuff, obviously, which is a difficult thing to deal with growing up. But as I said earlier, it kind of... I spent time in the Philippines, I spent time in different countries in Africa, I lived in Germany, I, I lived in multiple different countries and cultures and around different peoples growing up, um, which time back in, as I said, helped shape my worldview and gave me an appreciation for other people's cultures and how other people lived. Um, it also gave me an empathetic view um, of how some other people are struggling on the other side of the world, where, where on other sides some aren't. Um, so that was a real important factor in, um, in in me growing up and me kind of having this attitude and and political worldview that I have now. Um, and again, that kind of translates into why lyrics I write and songs I write always come from a particular a particular viewpoint. You know, I, f I find it hard to write what I'd call bubblegum lyrics. Um, you know, just nod your head, have a good time, dance floor party lyrics. Whilst we want to make our music fun, we also... <sighs> I, I also just have to write about something, you know, see something, say something. Um, so, and within, with regards to the rest of the guys, um, they kind of, kind of have the same view, but, um, musically. So, as I said earlier, we kind of, we met at a residency at this club in Brighton, Concord too. And we ran around DJing with each other. I was emceeing for them for a while. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, yeah, musically we knew each other for a while before we started the live band, and since then we kind of been growing from strength to strength with each other. Um, it's been a exciting, exciting journey. So, obviously, you guys just released a uh, new album back in uh, the spring, but are you guys working March. on anything new? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, uh, you're probably aware if you've done the research, but we often get asked about it because we released the first album in 2009. Uh, that did great. We had a fantastic tour, as I said, in 2009. And then we followed up with um, our second album, Spirit in the System, in 2010, so the following year. Um, and then it was actually a six-year gap until we released Warrior Sound in uh, March. Um, so we often get asked in interviews why it took so long, what were we doing for six years, and the truth is we spent a lot of that time touring. We were touring a lot through that six years, and we also spent a lot of time kind of to explore our sound and redefine it, um, learn some new tricks and some new methods, and we really wanted to put together um, an album that, had evidently evolved um, considerably from the sound of Spirit in the System in 2010. So it took us a while to get uh, to get this together and kind of find our creative path. Um, so yeah, we re released that in March. That's that's done really well. Um, we've had a great reception through that, and we've really enjoyed touring that through the course of this year. Um, but the one thing that we want to do now is keep a consistent stream of music going. We realised that fans were 
waiting a long time to hear some new music from that and that didn't fall on deaf ears so so we've actually um recently i'd say about six weeks ago we completed a six track ep which is now ready to go i think that's going to be released awesome. in december um yeah i think it's going to start with a japan release and then it will sl- slowly follow worldwide and then um we've already started working on on more new music so we t- we're we should have a, another album ready to go in the in the not too distant future. Certainly, certainly next year. So there's gonna be there's gonna be some more new music. There would have been some more, but we actually had a nightmare. We finished this EP, the six track EP. We actually finished it a few months ago, and then we had a an anomaly happen in the studio. We've got three separate hard drives which we back all our data up on and then we've got this nas server which backs Uh it up online as well again a cloud type of thing and everything died simultaneously that's horrible oh man we lost all our sounds we lost all the music everything right back to the first album we lost everything um we managed to claw back most of it but we lost the ep and had to rework it remake it so um so it set us back a couple of months but we managed to recall pretty much uh most of the stuff um but yeah so as i said we got another ep coming out in december and then definitely definitely look out for some new music coming um uh, in the first half of next year as well so for the last part of the show uh we started doing this a few weeks ago it's like a quick game so i'm gonna ask you five questions in 30 seconds uh, I'm going to pull up the stopwatch <laughs> right now. All right. All right. We're going to start in three, two, one. What's your favorite festival? Summer Sonic. Album Japan. you wish you wrote? Uh, uh, Machiavelli 7 Dream Tour. Rage Against the Machine, Enter Shikari. Guilty Pleasure Band. Uh, 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 that's a tough one. Uh, you got three. Uh, so <laughs> last week, uh, <laughs> our guest last week got four. But you know, that's still good. Uh, oh, so, uh, yeah. Last question was favorite place to eat on tour. Favorite place to eat on tour, Japan again. Japan. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a few minutes with plugs. <laughs> Inside my mouth, you know. 
right, guys, we're back. So, Bruno, are there any bands you want to plug? Yeah, man, there's a few There's a few people out there I'd, uh, I'd like to plug. Not all of them are necessarily bands that may need plugging, but for any fans out there that um, might not be aware of Enter Shikari, they're definitely a band we want to plug. We love so their good. message. They're absolutely great guys, and they're a great inspiration for us. Uh, we recently worked with uh, Cross Faith from Japan, uh, who feature on a track called Anger on Warrior Sound. Um, absolutely amazing guys. Their live show is phenomenal. It really, really is up there and they're one of the recent bands that really do inspire us um just watching them perform on stage is incredible um slanting over into the hip-hop side of things just for a conscious message there's an artist in the uk called low-key um who's actually got quite a uh, quite a large following in the state state side as well he's definitely one to watch and then i've got the last person i'm going to plug our hacktivist i should plug as well um, who another great band and um, our label or ma- we share manager with uh, Skindred, who are another band that people should definitely look out for. They're kind of like a reggae punk rock band. Um, and then finally, I've got a close friend of mine who I kind of grew up in the same area as, who is really blowing up right now in the UK. And he's just got one of those like 1920s New Orleans blues sounds to him. He's incredible. He's called Rag and Bone Man. Um, who's definitely, definitely worth checking out if that's your type of thing. Um, but yeah, outside of that, the fixed music artist roster, definitely. Seldweller, all those dudes, those those guys are all fantastic and we're loving listening to what's coming out of that camp right now. Do you have a site to grab merch? Yeah, if people go um, go to thechemist.com, you should find a link for merchandise from there. We're just in the we're just in the middle of kind of reshaping the website and everything. Um, but either go to thechemist.com or just come and catch us on Facebook. Um, you should get links to our merch store on there. If you have any problems, send us a message. We're one of these people that will always come and reply to you personally. We don't have any robots or any middlemen <laughs> answering answering the fans for us. All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, check out chemists if they come around you and uh, listen to them and buy their music. Thanks, man. Mitch, pleasure talking to you, man.